I've written a book. Now what do I do? Am I really a writer? What is self-publishing? How do I go about getting published anyway? Just what makes a story great? If you've ever asked yourself these questions, then this podcast is for you. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we join the many storytellers out there on this crazy journey called writing. Welcome to A Writer's Day Podcast. Hello and welcome to the first episode of A Writer's Day Podcast. This is Ruth Douthit, the current president of Christian Writers of the West, the Arizona chapter of ACFW, American Christian Fiction Writers. I can't believe it. I'm super excited about this new adventure I've undertaken. I love road trips, as long as I have good music or a book to read, good company, good coffee, and lovely scenery. I suppose that's why I chose a road trip sort of theme for this podcast, and I am thrilled that you've made it a priority in your day to spend some time with me. I'm happy to have you along for the ride. But first, a few announcements. A big thank you goes out to musician and friend Tevin Eddie for this lovely podcast theme music he wrote especially for me and this podcast, and I'm thrilled. Isn't he talented? Blessings go out to him and his lovely family, wife Lexi, and their daughters Aurora and Violet. Next, American Christian Fiction Fiction Writers, ACFW. This is an amazing organization with the sole purpose of inspiring writers to keep writing, always be learning, and encourage others. Visit the ACFW website and see for yourself. They have a blog, plenty of resources, contests to enter, and a conference with plenty of conference information, including how to register, on their website. If you are serious about being an author, you need to be a member of this organization. Trust me, with 2,000 members strong, ACFW is here to stay. Membership is affordable, so I highly recommend you join. With that said, Christian Writers of the West, CWOW, is the Arizona chapter of ACFW. We are an eclectic group of writers who meet once a month to discuss writing And we listen to keynote speakers such as Gail Gamer-Martin, Tina Radcliffe, Brandilyn Collins, and literary agent Steve Lobby, just to name a few. Some of us are traditionally published, and some are indie authors. Our members write in various genres like historical romance, romance, suspense, speculative, contemporary, and kids' books, too. And even though we are part of American Christian Fiction Writers... We do have nonfiction authors in this group as well. So if you're interested in joining CWOW, Christian Writers of the West, you must be an ACFW member first. So visit our website and join today. It's only $10 to be a member of CWOW. How convenient is that? We're off for the summer right now, but our meetings resume in September with award-winning, best-selling author Sarah Ella as our speaker. How amazing! She writes YA books that are based on popular fairy tales, but with a twist, a very creative twist. Visit Sarah Ella's Facebook page or website for more information about her and her books. I'm currently reading her unblemished book, and her writing is wonderful. She's very good at drawing the reader in and quite the wordsmith. We look forward to seeing you 
at our September 21st meeting in Scottsdale. That's where we meet Christian Writers of the West. We meet at the Denny's at Scottsdale Road, just south of Osborne. We meet from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. So be sure to come meet us, you know, a fellowship with us, enjoy lunch, and our guest speaker, Sarah Ella. And then let us know if you want to join. You Remember, though, you have to be a member of ACFW. Okay, enough with the announcements. We're all done, so let's get started. Have you ever been asked to tell a story right there on the spot? The pressure of coming up with an intriguing story instantly can be overwhelming at times. I liken it to an artist standing before a blank canvas with a loaded brush in hand and someone asks her to paint a beautiful picture. Author Matt Bird, in his book The Secrets of Story, explains how all of us are the unwelcome storyteller, really. You've been in line at the bank or a movie theater and someone inevitably starts telling a story of some sort. But telling a story that enthralls the readers or listeners is an enviable skill. And that's what makes writers write. In this podcast episode, I'll talk about telling a story that connects to people and could lead to a book that audiences want to read. Think of a book or movie you've read or watched recently that left you speechless. What was it about the story that affected you in such a way? Believe it or not, effective storytellers know how to craft a story that does leave the audience speechless or breathless or weeping uncontrollably. I think the last movie that moved me this way was, believe it or not, Toy Story 3. Now, I'm pretty sure everyone on the planet has seen this movie, but just in case, this is a spoiler alert. I will be mentioning the movie's ending here, so if you haven't seen it, you may want to fast forward. Anyway, because this movie was the third in the series, and at that time, the last installment in the movie series, the audience was immediately moved by the opening sequence. The writers accomplished the task of connecting to the audience beautifully. Teenagers in the audience, like my son and his friend, they were just kindergartners when Toy Story 2 came out, so they were nostalgic right along with their parents. And then the inciting incident occurred. Woody is separated from his friends who were given away. Our hero's quest begins, and so does the journey of the toys placed in a strange childcare facility. The screenwriters then took the audience on a great escape type journey that captured our interest because we all adored each character introduced. We wanted the characters to succeed in their escape. When all seems well, and it looked like the beloved characters are going to make it, the final obstacle they must overcome appears to be so huge, so overwhelming for these little toys to overcome, even though we have followed them through other obstacles in previous stories, yet no other obstacle could possibly measure up to this one in Toy Story 3. It was hopeless. And the characters knew it too. We could see it in their eyes. Without a word, the realization that this final obstacle is indeed the end 
appears on their faces and the audience is saddened beyond words. And these are just toys for crying out loud. Talk about brilliant writing. The crisis point happens and then the voice of truth comes along in the form of the little green alien toys. They come in to save the day. And our heroes are back on track to complete their quest. A quest that unfortunately ends on a sorrowful note because Woody's kid, quote unquote, is now college bound. So even though the hero accomplished his goal, the characters accomplished their goals, and that huge overwhelming obstacle is finally conquered. The fact remains, Andy has outgrown his toys. And that's what connected with the entire audience. The kids, the teenagers in the audience, they were just little kids when the first few movies came out. And some of the funny toys like Barbie and Ken getting together, well, of course, that touched all the, uh, all the adults in the audience. I know I was l laughing my head off at that scene. So when an audience experiences such an engrossing story that connects and completely alters an audience, how can another story in the series compare? Well, in my opinion, it can't. Toy Story 4, although cute and endearing, did not measure up to the storytelling of Toy Story 3, in my opinion. In fact, it's rare that a sequel can match the magic of the original. It's a fact that a good story must have structure that has worked since, well, way back to Aristotle's day. Toy Story 3 successfully followed that structure, and your story should too. Author, blogger, podcaster, and writing instructor K.M. Weiland mentions on her podcast about writing that audiences today are not your quote-unquote grandpa's audience, and she is so right. Readers today have an attention span of just a few seconds, and I am one of those types of readers, I must confess. If a book doesn't capture my attention within the first few pages, I put it down. And this fact made me write books that have action immediately, right at the start. Mostly because I wrote for middle grade readers who watch YouTube videos or Netflix streaming every single day. So they thrive on stories that are immediate and action filled. My book Children Under the Ice, which was book one in a series, starts with immediate action because I know kids want that in a book. I want that in a book. K.M. K. Weiling continues on her podcast and says, and asks the question, what is the greatest challenge about writing for the modern audience? Well, for me, the answer to that is this. The greatest challenge about writing for today's audience is the amount of products that are out there flooding the storytelling market. You have movie streaming or in theaters. Original series now are being produced by streaming apps. YouTube has movie channels now. There are true crime storytelling uh, podcasts that are extremely popular. I mean, it is crazy. Everybody, it seems, has a story to tell. You might have seen a book on the New York Times bestseller list and wondered how it made it there because you read it and it really wasn't that great. 
Or you may have seen a movie and walked away wondering how on earth did this project get the green light in Hollywood to be made in the first place? Well, you're not alone. Audiences are picky, but also formulaic. It's harder and harder for writers to write a story that comes across as original and yet is familiar enough to the reader that she will pick it up as a book, read it, and turn the page. We know our readers understand most literary devices used today. They learn them in school. And they look for the requirements of, say, a romance novel. Number one, the hero, I'm sorry, the heroine must meet the hero in the first chapter. And think of all those Hallmark Christmas movies. How predictable are they? And yet that familiarization is what attracts the viewers. I mean, that's what attracted my mom. She was addicted to those shows. She'd watch them all day long, even though, really, if you think about it, they were the same story over and over again with just different characters, different settings. Now, after this analysis, you might be a little discouraged, and I hope not. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage you. So be encouraged. You have a story to tell and an audience is out there for you. The temptation to write just what audiences want remains, but you've got to be strong and resist that temptation the best that you can. So what do I mean by that? Well, sometimes I go and I look at the award-winning books that are out there. And for middle grade fiction, books with a social, social justice message are very popular right now. I think a lot of teachers go out and buy these books to have them in their classroom, hoping that their students will read them. I don't know why, but it seems award winners focus on the latest social justice hot topic. Google look and look at the 2018 award winning books for middle grade readers or even for adults. And you'll see what I mean. As a writer of this genre, it would be tempting for me to hop on that train and write a book with a social justice message just to get my book out there. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. I even wrote a cute little book called The Cafeteria Club that addresses bullying in middle school. But I chose not to write it as a drama. Instead, and here's where I went off the train, I wrote it as a lighthearted comedy story that I hope makes readers giggle yet reflect on the causes of and the consequences of bullying. What topics or themes are covered by award-winning adult fiction book writers? Like I said, Google award-winning titles from last year and look at the themes. Does that mean your book must fall in line and address those themes too? Not necessarily. But if you do want to cover these themes because they are familiar with audiences, Try and be creative. Think of a way to address the theme in an original way, a way that suits you and your writing style. You may ask, I've written a book, Ruth. Now what? Am I really a writer? Well, only you can answer that question. Ask yourself, what is your definition of success? Only you can answer that question. What does it look like to you when you sign with an agent, when you sign a publishing contract with a traditional publisher, or maybe it's when you sell 2000 books, 
You know what your definition of success is. Think about it. But also give yourself credit for having written a book. Not everyone can do that. It's a hard thing to do and you did it. I compare it to running a marathon. Not everyone has done it. A lot of people out there want to. And not everyone can do it. It takes discipline, training, and determination. I consider myself a marathoner once I cross that finish line because to me, success equals completion. And once I complete a book and publish it, I have accomplished accomplished something that many people will never do. What motivates you is up to you. But if you're writing just to land a book deal with a publisher, you may be motivated extrinsically only. And that could be setting yourself up for disappointment. I recommend being motivated intrinsically. That's when you do something for personal reward. In other words, you write for personal reward. Seeing a person reading your book may be enough for you, whereas for someone else, they may need to see 1 million people reading their books before they consider themselves a success. So it's up to you. I call this podcast a writer's day because a day in the life of a writer looks differently than an artist's day or an executive's day or a manager's day. We writers tend to daydream, scribble down ideas, send ourselves emails with book ideas or ideas for scenes in our current work in progress, or we may talk about our books with loved ones or friends. A writer's day is busy. We are always writing something, whether it's in our minds or on our computer. I even write some scenes while I'm running or riding my bike. Needless to say, our minds are always working. So when we lay our head down on the pillow and close our eyes, we're exhausted. And even then, sometimes a story idea will hit us at 3 a.m. So I want to thank you for joining me on this first episode of a Writer's Day podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this first episode and that you'll be sure to listen to upcoming episodes where we'll have author interviews, book reviews, and more lessons on the writing craft. Thanks so much for being a part of this. Please leave a comment and be sure to stop by the Christian Writers of the West website for more information about our group. And above all, keep writing. God bless.